You only get into, out of the game what you put into it, Shelley. Mm-hmm. And I put everything into it I could and still do for the people and for the people that I was playing for and the people that I was manager for. I didn't cheat them out of anything. So I put all my heart and soul to the extent that my family suffered. Do you yeah. regret that at all? Oh, yeah, I regret, oh, I regret it very much, yeah. Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. You are listening to my mo- Did you say something then? No. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that sounds like anything. you did. No, I, I didn't say a word. Okay, well, keep it that way <laughs> for the whole episode. Oh, for God's sake, get on with it. You are listening to Man Marking, the podcast that uses football as a vehicle to encourage men to become more comfortable talking about their mental health. Welcome to the Friday Football Show. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. going. Like My it. name is Dan Reed. Today is Friday the 15th of October and I'm joined by nobody. No, I'm not really. I'm joined by Ryan and Ant. Hi, boys. Hi. Hi. You were laughing there. Yeah. It put me off. <laughs> it's natural. It's fine. Are we okay? Yeah. Yeah. I was feeling as fresh as a tulip today, but um, just had a three-course meal at my mum's and now Ooh. it's dead warm in here. I don't think you're going to get much out of me. Could you talk us through the courses? Yeah. So we had... Uh, some form of like butternut squash soup. Nice. With another vegetable, I can't remember what it was. Squatter nut bosh. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then we had like roast chicken and veg. Nice, nice, classic. And then, um, Is it Sunday today? Apple crumble and custard. Oh. Oh. oh what's so what? full? Oh. It makes me sleepy. Oh, I'm sleepy. It's I'd love a cuddle now. Well. Should we all get on the couch and have a cuddle? Oh, a little hammock or something. Just sit there. <laughs> oh, you're going to say something else. I know. I thought that as well. <laughs> I'm up for that as well. Family uh, friendly show. And how are you, mate? I'm really good. What, yeah. what did you have for dinner? I had, a, I had a pie dinner. A pie dinner? Yeah, we did this thing, takeaway Thursdays. Oh, very um, nice, very nice. So we went to some, some cafe and got myself a little pie dinner. Good, very good nice. stuff, mate. Good stuff. I had beef stroganoff, beef and mushroom stroganoff, oh. home cooked. But uh, I've got a cold, so I couldn't taste any of you it. You looked really serious then when you said that. Well, just your eyes were really wide, beef stroganoff. Serious about me culinary the night, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really serious about them. Uh, lads, the listeners know the score, you know the score. To open us up. I want one thing you've enjoyed this week, one thing you haven't enjoyed. Yeah. Ryan, I'm going to come straight to you because you were so prepared for I, it this week. Yeah, I hope I haven't stole anyone else's. Uh, but very recently, Conor Jennings returned to training. Yes, he did. Um, that's just great to see. For anybody who doesn't know, he I'm was... really surprised by how quick that's come around. I thought the prognosis wasn't great from from what I remember hearing about when he, when he first got diagnosed. Um, um, I'm not entirely sure. I believe he had surgery, I think. Yeah, on his shoulder. Yeah, what, like what, un- what, what was it again, Ryan? A low grade of sarcoma. Oh, okay. Um, but it was quite a rare form, apparently. Um, and that was, I th- believe, back in March. Are you reading from his medical notes now? <laughs> I believe that was back in March, so six, seven months on. Um, I, back, I, back yeah, trading. I don't know. They didn't say, I don't think, how close he is to playing. But he was just sort of back to doing a bit of fitness. Yeah, they find it when he had an injury, didn't they, or something? I think he had a bit of pain under his armpit or uh, in and mm. around there. And he's only twenty nine years old, so same age as me. Mm. Um, it's just he's such a lovely, lovely fella. And yeah. if anybody doesn't know who he is, he, he used to play for Tramway and Wrexham. Now plays for Stockport. And actually, um, when Tramway first got promoted from the National League and he set the goal up, he'd been suffering 
and he was an illness then. Yeah, he'd been in hospital all week. Meningitis, I think it was, um, which is obviously life-threatening in itself. So he's had a bit of a rough ride of it, sort of last four years. He basically... Yeah, we just dragged him off the bench. <laughs> well, the story goes apparently, doesn't it? We, we'd love to have him on. We can ask him about it. But the yeah. story goes that he he was, I think the the Mickey and the, the management team had kind of just decided that he wasn't going to be involved, mm. and he was basically like, "No, I'm I'm going to be involved." Like, and we used all three of our subs, didn't we? And he was one of them. Mm-hmm. And you were like, "This fella has been on a hospital bed until basically yesterday." We used those subs very very early on well, as got, well. We got the red got cards. The red we got card. the bottle to the ads. Yeah. And then Richie, um, Sutton. Richie Sutton did his groin, didn't he, just before yeah. half time? So with all the subs used, and then he set up the goal in that final. He scored in the final the year before, and then he scored in the following year. No, he scored the set final the year after. No, he scored yeah. in the first final as well. Oh, he did. Yeah, he scored, scored against oh, Forest sorry, Green. Yeah, yeah. Absolute screamer, didn't he? Yeah. Booted it in. Yeah. Man for big occasions, and he's um, tackling this one very well. Absolutely, that's a lovely one. That right, yeah. very much enjoyed it. Uh, and something you didn't like this week? I don't know if you're saying didn't like it. <laughs> but I want to bring it up is Barcelona have been a financial mess <laughs> all summer. It's been well documented. They lost arguably the greatest player of all time on a free transfer. <laughs> That's how bad they are at finances. And now they've got another good, another youngster coming through called Pedri, who's obviously a really good footballer. Never heard of him. And they've decided his release course is a billion pounds. I was uh, I was listening to. Is to that like a come and get me please in Newcastle? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Find that on the back of the couch. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to some to someone talk about this today, and basically, it stems from the the fact that they messed up on Neymar, and they went, "Oh, no one's going to pay two hundred and something million pounds for a player. That's never going to happen." So now they realise yeah. that. Hang on, we actually have they not heard of oil. Yeah, but, well, they did this before PSG went. No, go on, we'll do it. Because that, he never, that, you just never thought it was going to happen, and now they've done this with. with a, they're going to do it with a lot of players. Kind of why I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to ask you: is, Do you think in our lifetime someone will spend a billion pounds on a player? No, no the bubble no, bubble will burst before no, that. Surely not. The bubble. So will it's fivefold, is it, from what the current record is, roughly? Yeah. Yeah. How, oh, no, how long no, ago? No, how long ago was the million pound transfer? Nineteen seventy like odd years ago it? or something. Trevor Forrest years wasn't ago. it Forrest United yeah. or something like that I thought it was Trevor, Trevor Francis. Francis yeah Jerry Trevor Francis, Francis yeah. Yeah. Jerry Francis Trevor Fran- no Trevor Francis Trevor, Trevor Francis, Francis. I, um, I think the bubble's going to burst not to say that everyone's going to go out of business but I think we're going to plateau at some point we're going to have to yeah. have to plateau but, at some point because like it's not it, it, ultimately what you've got to think about is, is that the people who've got the money to spend that are the petro giants so like Newcastle and whole countries and whole country. Yeah, we don't have to get back into that again. This is going to be a non-angry okay, but anyway, drama Pedri, free episode. But great player, I, 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 billion yeah. pound release clause. Come and get him. Yeah, <laughs> might as well just say he's not for sale. Do you know what's even funny? He, he's yeah, just that's what toward, I mean. he's under house arrest. Yeah. yeah. He's 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 basically a hostage, and they'll be like weird, you know. Because I'm really Messi, happy to me- sign this contract. They're treating me very well. <laughs> Messi had that clause where he had to tell them. That he wasn't, that period, he wasn't yeah. signing, yeah, and then he'd be released. Oh, but if he didn't tell them, they'd just assume he was playing. Yeah. Again. That was yeah. like the that's like <laughs> what that, are you doing? He was, didn't tell it, them in time because he'd been in a World Cup, wasn't it? The year before, <laughs> well, that, that was like the other Copa America. They like he was like, I want to leave to go to Man City. Oh, you've passed your expiry date. 
but I was in another country. Please milk. But to be fair, he could have just sent an email or belled them up or WhatsApp them, listen them off. Couldn't he have scheduled and it And then they lost them on a free anyway. <laughs> Watch it, do you reckon, yeah, on, do you reckon, hang on, do you reckon on his email signature, he's got all his Ballon d'Ors and all, <laughs> and all. Yeah. Like letters behind the name. Top goal scorer in 1920. See, so. that's like a little bit like the opposite of Ian Goodison because Ian Goodison told us he was coming back and then just never turned up. Never did. Yeah, he just rocked up. He was like, who are we playing tomorrow? Yeah, sound, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just, on the beach I'll, I'll play. Yeah, whatever. Um, and what did you like this week? So uh, I went to um, the NFL on Sunday. Oh, and, yeah, um, you did. The Spurs Stadium. The Spurs Stadium is ridiculously good. Yeah. I mean... It, but are you were, going to Harrogate next week? I know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Carlisle on Saturday. Oh, proper football. I feel like it's <laughs> a bit of a antithesis, but yeah, it's... Um, is it really? Is it really? Is it like? Because oh. it's. I think there's lot a long bit. I was reading a really good thread on Twitter the other day. I'll have to remember who it was, um, and they were talking about how these like big new stadiums get a bad name for atmosphere and stuff. And the person who was tweeting it was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at the NFL, and they were saying the thing is, is that all those grounds that were built in the sort of late nineties, early noughties. I'm thinking Middlesbrough, Sunderland, maybe. Um, Hall, although I quite like the KC, but those type of kind of bowls are sort of soulless, empty bowls. Pride Park, that's probably another one. The Medeski. Oh, God, yeah. Um, these kind of stadiums just completely lack atmosphere. Whereas the new ones, they seem to have learned a lot from that and trying to build in, like they've got the big, massive oh, the stand big, The big there. bank is, I mean, you know when you, I was, I was going, getting in on the train and it just like pops up of the of the trees, doesn't it really? Yeah. Like, I'm saying, yeah, I've never been. So you're going along, pops off out the tree, and you're going. So uh, my brother compared it to one of the spaceships from Independence Day. It's oh, that yeah. big. Like, it's it's fucking massive. <laughs> like, you're genuinely looking at it going, well, okay. And then you're thinking, right, where's it going to go wrong? And you're going, because, you know, you're British, and you think something's got to be wrong here. No, absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, genuinely nothing Did you wrong. have one of the beers when it fills up from the bottom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was I was like... Was that baffling to your tiny northern mind? Uh, no, my brother explained it to me. Oh, that's and cool. I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to make Rob explain it. To be it. fair, yeah. they put the wrong sport on. So that's the first mistake. Yeah. Well, possibly. They must have thought Where that is Sergi Regalon? The, the, <laughs> pit, the pitch, I've been watching, you know, them, them time lapse things of the pitch and stuff. And Comes out. The only thing I don't unreal. know is where the, where, where, the, where the grass goes. Like, where's it go? It just slides do away. Do you reckon it's like, where's it go? you know, yeah. like, an, um, do you reckon it's just like there's a guy and he's just got like a huge bag? You know, like you try and get all the kits in the kit bag <laughs> and they never fit. They always fit in when you put them in and never fit in when you like put them in after the game. True. Do you reckon he's like that with like a massive thing of grass? And Daniel <laughs> Levy's there going, move the fucking grass. <laughs> All the Americans are looking. I mean, I mean, there's NFL stadiums in America that aren't as purpose built for that. No, like it's just it's silly. Did you hear many American? I've been to the NFL, but it was about four years ago. Uh, did you hear many? Yeah, there, was a, there was a few. Yeah, there's a lot of Americans around, live in London, yeah, there, because I'd be so annoyed if like Tramier's game got moved to the Isle of Man and I'd paid for a season. The tickets. Isle of Man. <laughs> I'm trying to level things out here. Do you know what I mean? Why didn't you just not say move it to Texas, are they? Mate, that'd be so good. <laughs> Your <laughs> barbecue before the game. <laughs> I'm not sure whether they like they do like you know like when um, English football clubs play in Europe and they give them like packages and stuff to go and go and watch the you'd game. Like I don't know whether think they, so. I think they must do something. like There's that. Something of a passport. Well. Yeah, but it's a home yeah. game. Imagine it was like who are we playing this weekend? Port Vale, Sandal so at the ground. Yeah, but it, yeah, well, we're, we're playing it in Denmark. <laughs> Why? Oh, that stadium in Copenhagen. Oh. Why? Atmos. Well, like the, the thing about the game in Germany now as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. the NFL is so hell-bent on... And we talk a lot on this show about football being a business. Mm. If you compare it to the NFL, it's worlds apart. Yeah. Like, 
it is just a business, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, absolutely. I think crazy. everyone understands that, though, don't they? There's a different viewpoint to the people. Who They're used to it, yeah. yeah Tell me what you're used to, but it just burned my head out there. Yeah. It's only, like, this year they extended the league to 17 games. Yeah, 17 games. He took a, took a pre-season game away. Yeah, so... Imagine you having like seventeen games uh, and one of them. I worked that out, thanks, mate. Well, no, just to, just <laughs> it was mainly because of like the you know you know the stuff Courtois has been going on about. I know we might talk about that in a bit. Oh, we, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's but, one thing Ryan did prepare for. <laughs> but it's mainly to prevent stuff like that, like yeah, yeah. being older players and players getting yeah. injured. Although they get injured like yeah, every bit, every week. Let's prepare. Uh, you know, we want to prevent burnout. Are you going to do that? Make him play three thousand miles away yeah. instead of next door. And not all our players can travel. I think it's more seen as like a, a way of growing a game, which I suppose, I, which I suppose actually it needs growing, yeah. doesn't it? Like, well, not I many mean, people watch it. Well, it's only like the biggest TV event in on the planet every year, the Super Bowl. Like, but yeah, no, we need to grow it. Like, yeah, but it's not like no one plays it, do they? Which would not help over it. here. Not well. There's a few teams over yeah, here, but it's, but it's not the so. I mean, I remember so. when you once called it a fad, and now. I mean, if we look upstairs, you've got a big, big picture at the game. Yeah, so. Danny's a foam finger fan, like. <laughs> Let's Love, go, Bills. Loves the tailgate party. It is a fad, like, but I'm well on board of it. <laughs> I have, I have hopped on that train. I've bought a one-way ticket to Fadsville. Yeah, so Fadsville, sh- USA. Spare stadiums, absolutely incredible. I'm very and you, jealous. You know, when you look at something, you're going, you spent a billion pounds on that. You got that pretty cheap, didn't you? You've done all right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, okay. I know. Uh, and what didn't you like, Ant? Oh, I got in a taxi the other day <laughs> to go to work. <laughs> this isn't going to be a big rant about taxi drivers. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't fake either. No, I got in a taxi the other day and um, taxi driver had the talk sport on and um, it was an international break. That's so such a, bit a taxi driver radio <laughs> station. A bit of a slow news week. Why isn't John Terry England manager? <laughs> well, it's not far away from this. It was comparing who's better, Wayne Rooney or Harry Kane. And I was like, okay, and then it was like, who's the better goal scorer? I was like, well, okay, what? A, you know, when you're just listening to like pub chat, and you're just like, oh no, you're a like genuine journalist. Did he ask? Did the driver ask you your opinion? No, no, I wasn't getting involved. What in would that. you? I, have I said? had my head down in the back doing that thing. What would you? Just at me and, oh, yeah, that's one of our code words not to use Wayne Rooney, and you just know, brought sorry. it up. In the what intro. would I have said? Look me in the eye. Oh god! Remember you're in <laughs> my home. Into <laughs> Wayne Rooney's the Thank best, you. the greatest. And also stick him a talk sport. Saw a clip online of Danny Murphy, and I know we weren't going to talk about Newcastle that much, but saying, who else are you going to get other than Steve Bruce who's better than this situation? Danny Murphy, what are you talking about? Danny well, Murphy changes do, do, his mind. Do you know do you want? No, don't. No, Danny no, no, Murphy no, no, no. changes his mind on how he acts. So when he goes on to talk sports, he comes up with some shite. Yeah, because he goes on BBC yeah, because and he's, he's got... like, oh yeah, I'll do it properly. Because the ad, because because <laughs> like the producers on the BBC are going, Danny, shut up. <laughs> Stop so it. Bad. Um I'm not going to get into that, but I don't I don't actually there's, there's, there's some actual reasons why that's not a terrible argument, probably not the ones that he was making. Um but we're not going to get into he it. He was now. basically saying who else can get them out of a relegation scrap? Any other manager? Uh, well, that's he's not got the argument him, I would he's use. He's got himself in that relegation scrap. The argument scrap. I would use is that at <laughs> at this point in the season, with the, oh, where yeah. they are, if the manager that they ultimately would want probably wouldn't join them now, they would probably want to join next summer. Yeah, that's not so, what they're so saying. So <laughs> you just stick with Bruce because he probably will keep them up. Because because for all the stick that people want to give them, give him. He's not like a. He's not like having Tim Sherwood in charge. Like he is actually like an experienced manager. Managed a thousand games. Yeah, people is, forget how crap that team is. is yeah, it, it's eight games though. That it, is it eight? I'm but sure they're it's eight a bit, games. They're, they're, a bit like, they're a bit. Yeah, seven, but like you've got thirty league, left. Yeah, but they're a bit like Burnley. Like 
I'm pretty sure Burnley will stay up, and I don't think they've won a game, have they? Mm. But I think he's he, he's he's going to get the Rodney Jack, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to get the Spanish Johnny Sharp has put something up very funny today. Did you see it? No, no. It's like Steve Bruce at his interview saying, "So has anyone got any questions?" And then a picture of everyone with the hands up, and then it was like about me getting not about me getting yeah. sacked, and everyone's <laughs> hand went down. Is it the Simpsons? <laughs> is it? Uh, it wasn't, but I, I know what photo you mean. Um, do you want to know what I liked and didn't like this week? Have we got time? Um, yeah, come on then. Come on, why were you? It's rude, that isn't it? <laughs> Just because I prepared something and you're feeling salty about it. Um, I'll go with the thing I didn't like first. Um, and it's on, along the similar lines you've just talked about there, Danny Murphy. Oh, yeah. So I was watching the Nations League coverage and uh, Jamie Redknapp was in the studio. Good old Redders. And uh, Lee Hendry was on Cocoms. Yeah, don't mind Lee Hendry. I thought okay. it was um, Trevor Sinclair for a while because hmm. they're both from the Midlands, is that right? That, that sort of yeah. he sort of react. Anyway, I thought it was Trevor Sinclair for a while, and then he, and then the commentator said Lee, and I was like, oh, it's Lee Hendry. Now I don't mind Lee Hendry either, and Jamie Redknapp seems like a decent bloke. <laughs> Before the game started, um, I think it was um, what's her name, Kenny Dalglish's daughter was Kelly Cates. Ke- I think yeah, Kelly yeah. Cates was hosting it, and she she said to Jamie like, you know who are the you know who are the key players for for France or you know that sort of question, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, well you know obviously Mbappe and uh, you know you got to be looking at like Benzema, you know his goal scorer, you know he's out the shadow of Ronaldo now, you got to be looking <laughs> at his goal. He's out the shadow of Ronaldo. What's now, happening? <laughs> and, then, and, I, and then Griezmann came on the screen and he went, yeah, I mean, he's going to say I made this, but. I, I just want to see more from Griezmann. I just don't think I've had enough <laughs> from him. And I, and Kelly Gates went like, like clearly was like, what? Anyway, then went to commentary and Lee Hensley went, I actually agree with him. I agree. Griezmann hasn't done enough. <laughs> and I was like, what? And like, the, nobody challenged them on mm-hmm. it. Nobody. And I was like, Antoine Griezmann scored like 250 career goals. He's won the World Cup. He was, man, he was man of the match, isn't that? He's brilliant. Wasn't he top goal scorer at that tournament? He could have been. He was, he was top goal scorer at the tournament. It might have been the Euros before he's, he was top goal scorer. He's one of the best players in the world and has been for about six years now. Questionable fancy dress choices though. Yeah, but haven't we all? Mm. But I was just like, what What more do you want from him? When you say best players in the world, that what, how, how big the list is? Like a top 100 or like a top 10? But I'd say he's probably been top... 2025 for a good he, five years he, now. Is he, is he top, top, top? He's top, top, top. He's a top, top player. <laughs> See, the problem is, is that Messi and Ronaldo have skewed everything. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to see more from him. And I was like, There's fucking more. I was like, you know, you're talking about Wayne Rooney before. I think he scored more career goals than Wayne Rooney scored in his whole career. And he's, and he's, have he's you seen 30. The, the commentate on Mbappe as well. Like, they're so desperate for him to do something. It's quite hard to notice anyone else on the pitch. I know. Pogba kind of has that feel about him as well. Pogba was glorious in that yeah, game. Yeah, he's been great for France, hasn't he? He's had a good few years for France. But I feel like when Mbappe's on, they're like wishing him on. Well, he's, 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 he's electric though, isn't he, when he does it? What they the, can't wait what, to come say he's the heir to the throne. And what, you're like, why yeah. can't they just be good players at the same time? And they also up. want him to do something whilst they're on commentary. So it's that clip. You know, like mm. like a seminal moment. So it's always their voice on it. Uh, and then the thing that I enjoyed um, was just a really lovely story I found online, really heartwarming. You don't need to look at it, Hans. I'm going to read it to you. Um, Arsene Wenger is going to return to the dugout to face off against Messi, Neymar and co as the manager of an all-star Saudi Arabian league team. It's a lovely, heartwarming story from football once again. He's, he's used this segment to be all sarcastic. He's, do you know what he mentioned yeah, sure. before? And this Mate, is, this they're, is they're, in here. He said be, he wasn't going to talk about this. He said he wasn't going to talk about the Saudis. You, you, you feel, I'm feeling scepticism from that side of the table. Now let me, this, this, this will, this will, you know, 
allay any of your fears. A combined Al-Halal and Al-Nasir 11 will be picked and managed by the 71-year-old for the prodigious Riyadh Season Cup clash in January, hosted in the Saudi city. I mean, who doesn't want some of that? Who doesn't want some of that? A little friendly between PSG and Saudi Arabia. Do you know the what, kids though, round? The well, thing I'm, is, I'm with, with Wenger, he was such a good manager for so many years and known as quite a nice guy. He's just gone into that horrible, dirty corporate world where he works at FIFA and just oh, no. works for anyone who Has he shown his colours? A bit, yeah. Because don't you think it was weird that when he was Arsenal manager all the time, he was like, I do not think that it is uh, moral to spend the money. And then now he's like, yeah. To be fair, he never saw anything then. He don't think he's looking very hard now. <laughs> I just thought I was reading it. and I was like, is, is this like a wind up? Like it's is just, this? Mm. But, but what, I mean, I, I didn't even know what to say to I, it. it. I mean, it's, it's my favourite thing of the week. Good. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, just lovely. It might be story. a good game of football. <laughs> I'll be tuning in. Don't worry about that. Mm. I'll be tuning right into St- that. Streaming it. Yeah. Legally. No, oh, obviously. <laughs> Have some respect. Yeah. Some of us respect the integrity mm. of the game. <laughs> Speaking of integrity of the game, um, Thibaut Courtois, Ryan. Yeah, so he's... Uh, he's, he's been hitting out hit of Wenger, out. He's hit out at the football's governing bodies, uh, away from FIFA, treating players like robots. Um, it is a bit silly how you play a third-place playoff in the Nations League. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But it? because most people are going to be aware of kind of what Courtois said, I'll read you the response from UEFA. Who have they come back? Yeah, they've said... Um, na- um, UEFA told the BBC that the Nations League has not increased the overall number of matches played by national teams and fixtures are scheduled on dates of the international match calendar. Its introduction was meant to support national team football with meaningful, balanced and exciting matches at all levels, which has actually happened thanks to the fact that all teams have objectives to achieve in the competition, which I agree with. UEFA does not keep any of the revenues from the Nations League, which are entirely redistributed to its national associations. These revenues fund the organisation and promotion of football all over Europe. But what I'll say to that is, I think T- Courtois' point doesn't have to really just be about the Nations League, does it? I think it's more of a comment in general as a player. If I was, if I was UEFA, see at that point, that I mean that's just that's just pure gaslighting, isn't it, from UEFA? But are they, are they forgotten that they wanted they're introducing more games for the Champions League and the com- the conference? They've introduced the Conference League, Europa Conference League, FIFA won a World Cup every two years. So ah, but that's, can, that's because UEFA. That, that's because UEFA and FIFA are, stuff, are just it? swinging the dicks well, around. It's the likes of Courtois we'll be playing in the minute. So yeah. I, I just point. We did an episode, didn't we, about um, how much football's too much football, didn't we, a while ago? Yeah, one of yeah. our first. It, yeah. It's. I think you'd have liked to have think that throughout the pandemic, the one thing that people may have come out of it with was maybe there is too much football sometimes. Uh, it's, it's quite but it seems like everyone's gone. No, let's have, let's have more of it. I don't think this was in response to what Courtois said, but uh, uh, the Chelsea women's manager, Emma, Emma Hayes, uh, uh, was talking about like fixture schedule and she just turned around and went, well, it's better than being bored, isn't it? I was like, what, what, what a weird response. But yeah, <laughs> like it kind of is better nothing, than being bored. If you've yeah. got nothing else going on in your life, but yeah. you can't assume that's the only <laughs> thing you've got. Not, well, <laughs> senior kids grow up. <laughs> might be all right being to be a part of. She's a new mum as well. <laughs> better than being bored, she said. Um, See, but the, I don't think again I will clarify by the way, I don't the think Nations that was a response is think, a good idea but 
it's only such a small part of everything that goes on. The Nations League was a really good idea, and it's actually something that's, that's worked really well with UEFA. I do think, however, with the Nations League, that it's one of those things that's working right now because it's new and because it's interesting and because it's different. But I wonder, because there's this idea, isn't it, that the reasons that the semi-final and the final were so entertaining was because there was the idea that the players wanted to win, but there was the jeopardy of the major tournaments was removed, so they weren't paralysed by, oh, God, what if we lose? It could be terrible. So that that's a nice mixture. But in 10 years' time, you're either going to have a tournament where there is jeopardy, and thus, how is it any different from the tournament you've got? Or they'll go, I don't actually care about this anymore, and it'll just become the League Cup. Well, it, more like a Federations Cup kind of Yeah, but, but I think... The, the prob- just, which I think is still a thing, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I think with with lots of those competitions, I feel like with the Nations League, it's like we already have the Euros. This is just mm. like a different way of doing it. And like, yeah, it's fun, and like it is better than well, friendlies. It's meant to, it's meant to, you know, the idea is meant to. And, 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 and it's, it's a good idea for that. But yeah, how long will it last? In ten years' time, mm. will it still have the same? Like, oh, this is fun. We're playing the Nations League because either you're yeah. going to care about it, at which point there will now be jeopardy, or you're not going to care about it, at which point. Then what's the point? Well, one so thing I, I don't understand what way it's gonna. It, it's fine for now, but I think part of the issue as well is we've squeezed it into eighteen months because of yeah. COVID, and with the Qatar World Cup in December. If I don't know if this is true, but it feels like they brought the qualifiers a bit more bunched together because you've got to. Yeah, I think it's not in the summer, is yeah. it? So it probably feels worse for players now than it ever has because there has not really been a stop. I no. mean, look at Richarlison. I think we mentioned it before. He just went from like Olympics and. Was South was a Copper America, yeah, but that got him Premier a game the other week for Everton because he did all that work for them. <laughs> and now he's injured. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you, it is a, it is a lot. And so, as you said, it's the nation's league might be all right. Do you need to have a third and fourth playoff? No, that well, that's pointless. Well, yeah, I mean, that's completely so pointless. That fam- and they put they all played different teams. Why didn't do you know it's what the famous story is? not England came third and got the medals on the two and a bin bag. <laughs> Like it wasn't even dished out. Right? Yeah. Just, what I like about it is the smaller teams though winning games. Like, no, I love that. I that like that's quite it. nice. Yeah, the concept of it's fine, but but it also feels like like promotion relegation kind of thing. I quite like that. Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. And, it, and and you get like Scotland going to the Euros and stuff. And yeah, well, that seems weird. The qualification for the World Cups all involved in the Nations League as well. It's all really complicated. Oh, I thought it was just no, it's not. So if you come second, so you're in the playoffs. You don't just have a playoff match to get into the World Cup. You have like three matches, and also in that draw are like the best finished team teams who finished highest in the Nations League who didn't qualify for the World Cup automatically or didn't get a playoff spot. They also go into the draw, and then you have to play like three matches or something. And oh, um, that's as clear as mud, isn't it? I know it's just <laughs> what, they just. Uh, I feel like they could just make it up on the spot and no one would notice because it's that confusing. It also says here. Um, that they want to expand the Club World Cup. You know, that yeah. Really want, yeah. Um, they want to make that like a proper thing. Don't and they? it's being looked after by the Head of Global Football Development. That's Wait, that thing. Who's that? Oh, oh is it Arsene Wenger? It's Arsene Wenger. What a title. <laughs> Head of Global Football Development. Football's quite developed. <laughs> How much more do you need to develop it? Well, the, one of FIFA's... The whole point of FIFA is to, to take football to places where it wouldn't otherwise have had the same reach. Well, it, it kind of is now. It wasn't when Havelange was in charge. <laughs> was well, he, he, yeah. ne- he never liked going to some continents. I mean, mm. less said than that, the better. Yeah. Um, speaking of international football, one of the big stories that we saw this week was Callum Robinson. Mm. Uh, he's, he's, I mean, he's been up some strangeness and also some goals. Right, right. so, yeah. Scored against Qatar. Scored a hat-trick, didn't he? Stuck it right at him. Yeah, 
the squad a hat trick, and um, they were in that nice blue centenary kit, which was actually quite nice. Oh, they, I didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, it was good. Um, Boycotted so, it. <laughs> so my um, the reason I, I thought it was a bit strange, like not strange. So Callum Robinson basically got asked about because there's been a few stories. It was in a press conference before yeah, the there's been international a few, yeah, break. There's been a few it? stories about like how many football players have had an uptake on the yeah, vaccine. It seems to have come from nowhere. This I don't feel like it I was an that, issue, and all of a sudden it's come up. I think they asked Klopp, and Klopp said ninety nine percent of my squad are, and then he. Went on, he went on a big rant about it, didn't he? Well, I, well, I thought it was quite it, coherent. It, so just mean he went off yeah, and went on it, about it. it, which it, was... it, it but it, it does feel like what you've just said is, is basically going, oh, well, our Premier League manager said this, so we'll just try, now and, it's a thing. It, try and belittle everyone else. And Callum Robinson basically said, I haven't had it. I don't feel like I want to get it. He has had COVID twice. He has had COVID twice, but uh, but he, he kind of came out and explained... His, re- his reasons were, weren't great, though. No, they weren't. They weren't. I, I, I mean... I know I, for I, this. I'm just reading about it. Now. I, I would say they weren't great reasons, but he, he basically at, said it's my choice. Lee, yeah. Kind of like, what, why am I being? And then wait there, why am I being asked that? And then he goes and scores a hat trick. Yeah. And I was thinking, scored two in the other game as well. Yeah. Didn't and he? I was thinking, he wouldn't have scored them with the vaccine. He's <laughs> <laughs> good <play. laughs> From so the side I'm gonna, effects. I'm gonna get on. Drops. I'm gonna get on to that in a minute as well. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> he received. Imagine he received that. like loads Imagine of abuse. That. Are you a goal scorer? Yeah, you probably shouldn't have this. You know, it's important goal shouts. Ben Seke's like, I've had loads of them. <laughs> I've had all the job boosters. You told you, told me. <laughs> Timo Werner's like, I ain't going anywhere near that shit. <laughs> Fuck that. Sorry, I come on, Well, he's only had half. That's why it all gets yeah. kicked and ruled out for VAR, doesn't it? Um, so basically, he, he's he's scored this hat trick, and then he's re- but he's received like loads of abuse for it. And I was thinking, yeah, well, that's not on. I was like, that's not really fair. Like a, a journalist has gone, oh, let's see what we can get out of you because we know you've had COVID because it's been you know widely yeah, reported. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's explained his reasons. I mean, and, it, and that's fine. And even if you don't agree with him, like the, all the, you've the, done is kind of open him up to being pro- abused. The pro- I mean, I don't have an issue with the mask in the question. That that's what they're there to do. And I do think that as it, there is, there is, if it, there is a public health um, angle to that conversation. And I think if he's willing to answer that question, then they they should be allowed to ask yeah, that question. Yeah. So I think that's that's fair. That part of it's fair enough. His reasons for why he didn't have it, the angle of. It's my choice. Totally fine with yeah. that. But then when they said to him, like, you've had COVID twice, does that not make you think about it? And he was basically going, so, yeah, well, I've fought it off, haven't I? So, I'm, I'm in, I, it's not going to bother me. So and gonna, and yeah. the journalist was basically like, well, it's not for you, is yeah. it? That's not necessarily what it's for. So I think that angle of it is like, that feels quite... At that point, I'm like... This Some, feels like people who shouldn't really be discussing this to, on a, with a yeah, national it shouldn't, audience. Shouldn't, shouldn't be there. Because there's nobody in informed yeah, who's, exactly. who's in that conversation. So that was what I was going to bring it on to, is that... I mean, Stephen Kenny came out and said, "Look, I mean, the the, the players have rallied round him and like supported him and, and and stuck with him." And Stephen Kenny came out and went, "Look, I've, I've but had from it. a distance, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had it, blah blah blah. I've had the vaccines and all this and that." But he mentioned that the, there's just a massive amount of misinformation for these players, and he's looking at it and going, yeah. "Well, Stephen Kenny's not going to see him every all all the time, is he?" Mm. So there's just like yeah. different variations and. And you know you've got races and, and religions and all this, yeah, all this, lots of different all this massive for it, yeah. mix, and you're thinking this is really, really difficult. It feels, I, it feels like the wrong, um, I don't know, wrong outlet for it almost. Absolutely, it? and I, I also, but I think it's interesting it the is, conversations being had. Yeah, it is because it, it is important. It's good because I think if we work off the premise that the only way out of the pandemic is through 
take up with the vaccine. I think yeah, that's I mean, been. I think. I think if we go from that premise, then you you have to look at it in an entirely different light. But I think. But it's been a story that's been coming around with sports players, and one of them is. Um, oh, they do, it's it's just easy to pillory them, isn't it? One of them, Kyrie, you, Kyrie Irving. Irving. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Then, and it's yeah. really really interesting this because is, yeah. is he an NFL guy? No, he's an NBA player, really big yeah. star in the NBA. And he plays National Bowling Association. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, yeah. National Bowling Association. <laughs> I'm probably like their big star. Yeah, a massive player for them. Is he not Huge had it? money. He's not had it. He's saying. Aren't they he's... saying they can't play? Isn't there yeah, some kind so of rule? Yeah, so in the state, in whatever state you're in, depending on the rules, you have to follow them. Right. Okay. So he can play away games. But the, the manager, general managers basically come out and said, no, we're not having someone who plays half the games. He's like the opposite of Dennis Bergkamp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So he's. And he's just not playing. And you're yeah. thinking, well, right, okay, that's his choice. That's fine. Um, uh, but it's just so, like, tangled. The whole thing well, is tangled. Yeah. Cause, because even, I mean, <clears throat> I'll be prepared to say it now. In America, the misinformation is even worse than over here. Yeah, and it, always it's is, like, isn't it? It's just... <laughs> Capital of misinformation, uh, really. It's <laughs> just... It's just bonkers. And Great you, headline, it's, that from you, right? <laughs> it's it's just confu- so confusing. It's, and I'm, I mean, it's quite a sadness to not see one of the best players. Well, it is, but there's there's an element of it where, like, you know I, think, I, mean? I think I think that somebody was talking about this on the radio the other day, and they were saying that it's fine. It is his choice if he wants to get the vaccine or not. About yeah. Callum Robinson, he said, but equally, it's also his choice that he may miss out on things because he hasn't had the vaccine. That is also his choice. If you don't do this, you can't do this. In the same way that, like. They've decided that for health reasons, other things you can't do without 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 but having certain procedures. I think the uptake so I think it's quite like, low anyway throughout the Premier League. Yeah, it's like fifty percent or something. Well, isn't it? Is this uptake? Yeah, yeah, in the Premier League, which is which is way below average for the country. So we're about eighty percent or something now for double mm-hmm. jabs. So I think it, it's it's a strange one. I wonder if there is an element of we're fit, we're and, healthy fit and healthy people. and superhuman. Uh, it will be hundred yeah. percent. They'll we're, feel we're like healthier than yeah. the average person, won't yeah. they? And they'll feel like you know we talked about footballers being projected as superhuman before there's no mm. way that wouldn't get in your head as well and they're fortunate that in their work they have such a um like a strict rules around like travel and yeah. regularly getting tested they've afforded things that the general public and like high level medical treatments at the click of a yeah which and probably makes them feel like well we're well, even safer than the average there's person a, there's well, another interesting angle as well that someone was talking about was about the fact that I think one thing that that somebody was putting out was about the fact that they don't know that what is in the vaccine could trigger like a drugs test hmm. and that it might affect the career or so on. And yeah. the, and like that's obviously like because I think that again, there is a skepticism around the misinformation, isn't it? It's it's but yeah, yeah because it's, everyone would trigger, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, exactly. You'd think anyway. That sounds like a bit of an excuse. That one doesn't. Well, it? no, I think it's more just like when you talk about misinformation, it's like it's like the way that they had it's like about with pregnant women isn't it that people were told not to have it if they were pregnant that was the original guidance then the guidance changed and then now you're having lots of pregnant women it's up for debate now isn't it I think no no it's it's now the guidance is for for people who are pregnant to be encouraged to have it must have got confused on the news it it doesn't affect you unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to make a dig then but I thought you know pot kettle black and all the rest of it yeah I was going to say also during international week we had some we had some fighting at Wembley Fighting at Wembley, didn't we, Ray? Was it was it by the home fans oh, or we did? The, the uh, fans? It was the away fans. Oh, the away fans this time. Okay. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I should speak like this in here, but I just wish the police went in and absolutely slapped them everywhere, and the opposite happened. I've been to Wembley and seen a friend chucked out by about a group of twelve stewards for over celebrating a goal in a playoff final. Yeah, but your our friend isn't trained in hand-to-hand combat like, I know, like but the, just the get the pepper are. spray out bearing in mind there's some context to their behaviour as well oh yeah yeah 
they're not even the previous game against us. Their behaviour in general throughout the Euros, they they like. I don't want to slag them off too much because it's not everyone. And they, we get some downloads in Hungary. Like you, listen. You, you're listening, you watch them, and it, it, it's quite a spectacle. The loud they support the team, but obviously they've got a, a very extreme element to their fan base. Oh, the, yeah. the countries and are run they, by a fascist dictator, yeah, like, and so. they were just acting inappropriately. And then you go, all right, just take them out, throw them out. No, they, they're going to start throwing pure karate kicks at the boys who yeah. didn't look like they'd used the baton since they'd trained for the police. And I was well, just like, the difficult- how has this happened? The difficulty for the police was that they were coming they were coming out of the, the stairwell. So the problem that they had was that if they didn't go backwards under their own volition, if one of them tripped and they went backwards down the stairs, that's why they moved. That's why they moved backwards onto. But a did you see it when they were downstairs and it would be like facing off? No, no. It, yeah, the the Hungries kept coming forward, the Hungarians, and it was just like imagine it was the other way around. Imagine they were England fans in Hungary. Yeah, no. They'd be like held up by the pants, like but, on a but peg I think, or but something. I think that's, just... but, but I think that's a that is a positive thing for us is that we don't live in a country where that happens, or if it did, people would be outraged by it. Whereas it does happen in other I mean, places. I've been, I've been spending all week watching people drag pensioners from the road because <laughs> they need to, <laughs> need to get to work and stuff. You've got these like neo-Nazi racists of throwing high kicks, yeah, but just mate, steam in there. Who's going to keep Greg's the bakers open <laughs> if Doris is working from home? Um, so th- there's a really interesting article which 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 I'll I'll tweet out. Um, which is on the on the Guardian, which is called um, "Why Hungary is Infected by Ultras Who Are Almost Impossible to Control." And that feels it, like an excuse. No, no, no. It's 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 dead interesting. Oh, I, I, I the last boss on a game. Well, no. So so it's <laughs> it's the Carpathian Brigade, isn't it? All the fellas in the, yeah. in the black t-shirts. Because it wasn't just Hungarian fans. There was Polish fans that were in there as well. So essentially, what happened was was that back in two thousand and nine there was a lot of neo, neo-Nazi violence on the terraces. So in order to try and sort of contain it and stop it becoming like a major issue, this is where the, the Carpathian Brigade came from. And they were kind of uh, uh, bringing together of all ultras groups. So left-wing, right-wing, central, liberals, non-liberals, all, all came in as, as one big group. And the idea was, we're just going to squash this all because it's going to ruin football for everyone. That was the idea. Anyway, it started out with sort of quite small numbers and at that time, Hungary only had, I think it's, it was saying on here, Hungary's average attendance at that time was 3,000 across the country, whereas it's now at 7,000 because it kind of started to create this atmosphere that it was part of what they did was going mm-hmm. to the match. Anyway, it, it basically started out with sort of 50, 100, 200, 300 people in this ultras group that were there to try and squash the neo-Nazi groups. And it sort of started to get out of control and got taken over by white nationalists and essentially being encouraged on by what's happened with um what's what's your man who runs the country orban victor orban being encouraged by the sort of legitimacy of the regime it's gone on from there and on and on and on and on and now to a point where it's out of control and the ultras groups so the carpathian brigade have an enormous control over huge swathes of hungary uh, hungarian life not just around around football, they have influence on politics and around social life, and they also have links with Polish ultras groups as well, which is how you ended up with lots of Polish fans in Wembley Stadium the other night as well. So they they they, they become this big mass organised group. So when they go into away grounds like that, they're all trained in hand to hand combat. They're not just like 
drunk fellas. In the, so, like, remember when England went to, to Marseille and got absolutely battered by all those Russian ultras? It was the same thing. These were, like, trained people who were, like, trained to go and fight all over Europe. Coming up against, like, Bill, who's, like, 62. <laughs> he's had 14 pints of Stella. He's got his T-shirt off. He's sunburned. He's, he's, you know, he's down to his last 40 euros and he's just got this fella who's basically like a, an ex-KGB agent just filling him in and everyone's like, oh, well, you know, boys will be boys. <laughs> well, but it's, it, it's, that was because it was England. You can't get away from this. I mean, there's, there's stuff that happened in the, in the Euro final as well. I mean, the reaction to that was like England had been the worst fans ever. Yeah. And it was like, oh, another example yeah. of how terrible England are. I think, like, genuinely, take a little look and, and where UEFA and, and FIFA put England fans. Yeah. They put them in Marseille in 1998 and they had loads of trouble there because a load of the Tunisians went, oh, yeah, we'll have a good kick-off here. Yeah. And they put them in there again in 2012. And went, we don't oh, handle the heat. Oh, oh, in 2016. And went, oh, I wonder whether that'll happen again. Mm, yeah, probably. Because the people in Marseille hate England. Like, they're, they're not, not exactly fond of them. People in most places hate England, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. now more than ever. And, and, some of it is deserved. The, the Euro 2020 final stuff was badly policed, and it is. I mean, again, it's, it's, like you know what you're getting. Like it's, a, it's not a shock that there is, there is a difficulty. That. There is a difficulty for us as English people and English football it's not fans a shock that do to it. kind of and, and like there is a difference, obviously, with oh, it. But you, you, you look at some of the behaviour of England fans abroad, and we we did that episode with Barney Rooney, and it isn't all bad. And I think that mm. was what we got out of that episode. But there are huge swathes of England fans who behave appallingly abroad, so it is difficult for us but to it's, kind it's of. It's more like idiotic behaviour. That's no, like no, 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 it's not. Though. That's it's, like it's organised like pub- crime. It's public disorder yeah, exactly. and, and quite organised like, violence. But, I know there is that, levels to it. Sorry, yeah, I should just say, level. just correct myself with the attendances thing, it was the other way around. So when communism fell in 1989, mm. the average average attendances were 7,000. Then violence got really commonplace on the terraces and it dropped drastically oh, okay. down to 3,000, yeah. which was why they were like, we're going to have to do something about this. Otherwise, the game's going to die yeah. in this country. Won't produce any more Zoltan Givers. Well, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, goalkeepers in big grey jogging pants. <laughs> um, the staple. Staple of Hungary. Yeah, that's football. it. It's quite a shame, really, because Hungarian football was used to be famous. Used to be, yeah. I do think that English really used to slap us about, didn't they? English yep. and it well, does, still do. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't make it better, but English football fans abroad stinks of. You get past that drinking threshold, and then one stupid act leads to another, and they kind of wind each other up, and before yeah. you know, it, there's fireworks out of people's asshole. Whereas theirs does, <laughs> theirs seems a lot more meditated. It seems Dave, a lot Dave, more like take it out your ass, take it out your ass. Like we're turning up to this game sober, oh, yeah, drunk, massively, and oh, this yeah. is our achieve. This is what we want to achieve. Well, apparently, a lot of it is inspired by English football hooliganism from the seventies and the eighties. It always comes so, back to us, doesn't it? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> it, well, it, do, well it does because it was English football hooligans were like a big thing, and then you. So there was somebody. Oh, there's, so there's a podcast that I've listened to. Um, which is with, I can't remember the name of the podcast, but it's by a guy called Ryan something or other, not Paul, Ryan Bolton. Um, and he, it, <laughs> the, 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 it's about modern warfare and he does an episode with James Montague about mm. ultra groups in Eastern Europe. And he was saying when he, he went out and basically spent time with them, kind of went around with them, went to matches, seeing exactly what they did and wrote a book about it. And he was saying that the thing that they always quoted to him was Green Street. He said it was that everyone, all their favorite film was Green Street, oh, and he terrible. said, he, "Well, I know." And he, well, he, they, that's it's what got they were, Frodo in it. That's what they were joking about was the fact that there is no Australian Cockney nowhere, nowhere else on the planet is anybody watching Green Street apart from in Eastern Europe because they love it. But he was saying basically the idea of the of football hooliganism around the world is inspired by 
footage of English football fans fighting abroad and fighting on the terraces, and it was a big thing. And it was it was a lot of it come down to the fact that because of the sort of last days of the empire and all that type of stuff, the influence of Britain all over the world is massive. And so these things kind of take hold. And the same way that we get kind of Americanized by things, it's very similar in parts of Europe with stuff that happens in Britain. And so it's dead interesting that you now end up in a scenario where they're coming, and now Britain and England are big scalps for these for these hmm. groups of people because it's like... Yeah, they were we're, hang- we're, in 2016, we're, we're hanging people upside down with fight, a flag. The fight in the <laughs> the fight in the concept of English football hooliganism. Imagine being upside down and just doing <laughs> <laughs> just, just doing the camera shut to go off. That wasn't a gun. It sounded like it sounded say, really, it was meant to be a picture. Sounded really Newcastle I, I, United. I, I, I couldn't really, oh. What? <laughs> Come on! I'm just talking truth to power. Just a little club. Come on now. Um, let's move so, on. Then. Can I just can I just okay. say one thing on that? Like, I mean. Is it going to be libelous? No, no, I don't think Ryan so. Ryan just imitated the shotgun. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. There's not going to be any of that. But yeah, I mean, there was a big, big debate after that Euro 2020 final of like, oh, oh, you know, England football fans are this and that, and I, I, it never got put out. But I remember saying that, like, that doesn't help anyone. Like, it's, no, it's no, a whole thing. Is fo- yeah. the whole thing is football's yeah, problem. Is. No yeah. one's gonna, no one's gonna answer it. No one's gonna stand up for no. it. And it goes through a cycle. Oh, we got a racially abused and hungry. Oh, it's terrible. We wouldn't do that, would we? We've cleaned our act up. I mean, look what we're doing now. And then you're going, okay. So then they come over here, and yeah. then we'll do something stupid. And it'll just go around in a big cycle, and no one will own up to it. And it'll just be like, well, carry on. Yeah. We're still here. Like, like what? What is well, that? They, I mean, they, be, but, like, they all booed the knee the, again, didn't they? The authorities could mm. genuinely do something about that. Like, well, there's, you, there's, can there's, either, you can either just like you know not sell them tickets. Well, this is a weird thing, isn't well, it? Because they're banned. They can't go in their own stadiums, but they, they can, can travel abroad. abroad yeah. How's that? How, do you reckon most of those just live the nationals living in England? No, but it was still in a way end. It oh was no, a yeah, yeah. No, I was end. just saying in general. Do you think many travelled? I haven't got a clue, mate. I have yeah, not I suppose got it's impossible to say. Yeah. Move on from them. Speaking of baffling decisions go on i'd like to talk a little bit about refereeing okay yeah i haven't i don't know what well, decisions you're on about i haven't seen i'm gonna either. guess it's the garcia touching of the ball is it uh what well, that's one the of Mbappe the goal. i've got a few so i've got uh the luke shaw penalty okay for england um the mbappe offside i've got the jamal lewis throw in oh yeah uh and i've got the Kiefer moore one as well in the wales estonia game um didn't I'll, see that one, so start. I'll there. start with the Kiefer Moore one, and it's probably going to be one of those things where they didn't really make that big a deal of it on the telly, and it, it didn't happen around any particular action. So I don't know if there'll be any actual highlights of it, but it definitely happened. So I want to add one to it then. Kiefer Moore's in the box. The ball comes into him. He kind of knocks it past the defender, and he goes to kind of go round them. Defender basically assaults him to stop him getting to the ball. Kiefer Moore s- still manages to get round him. The defender swings an arm, basically punches him in the nose. Mm. Kiefer Moore goes down. The defender goes down. The referee comes over, blows his whistle, but well, this is a blatant penalty because that's like aggravated assault. Like You definitely can't do that to someone's face on a pitch. And Kiefer Moore's lying on the deck. Blood is pissing out of his nose. The referee blows a whistle. Free kick to Estonia. Right. <laughs> Bucks Kiefer Moore and then calls the centre half over who's whacked him in the face. Bucks him as well and bucks him for hitting him in the face. So, presumably, what he's done. And then they went, Oh, there's a VAR check. And I thought, Oh, here we go. And they were like, No, nothing to say here. Carry on. And they showed it again. And literally, all that happens is they're both grappling for the ball and the fella just punches him in the face. And then they just get off. 
I was going to try and do like, oh, well, you know, Keith Moore should just not, you know, go for the ball and make a joke. But yeah, that sounds genuinely baffling. It was the, <laughs> one of the more bizarre refereeing decisions in a week of bizarre refereeing decisions. Mm. Did you not see the Jamal Lewis throwing? I've heard about it. And I watched it today. If you're going to take that long on a throw in, I mean, you give the, you, you give the referee a decision to make. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, why are you doing that? Because there's no one to throw it to. Oh. The players are terrible. Come on. Stephen Davis is nowhere. Come on. Just throw it up the line. Get the, the, referee, the referee could have just gone. Come on, mate. Good of, yeah. Make an example of him. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's it always feels so worse stupid. when it's the second yellow. It was after it? like half an hour. I was like, I he's not time wasted. He's just can't find anyone's feet. I know. Just, just say to him, come on, I need you to throw it now. What was the score at the time? Nil-nil. Mm, that's a big game for Northern Ireland, wasn't it? I reckon they probably had a bit of a tip off. Oh, they'll waste time. They'll do this. He was already on a booking though, so yeah. and his manager is stood behind them. But then you're 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 often one of um, the reason that it's a go. Pro- the reason it's a problem is because it's not consistent. But you're often one of these people, you know. Oh, he's time wasting. He's kicked the ball away. It is, but it's not consistent. Uh, yeah. So then why? How's he supposed yeah, to know? It's, You've got to apply it across the board. Yeah. As I always say to you, I really want to have a stop. Watch out. I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm going to do it on Saturday. When I'm going to time how long the goalkeeper takes to take a goal kick in the first minute. And then if someone's winning at the end, I'm going to time it again and see if, if it takes longer to get for time wasting. Because what I'm in like, a way? That, do you reckon the Hungarian ultras were looking at that? Oh, look at that fella. Start timing that. Hey, I want to be like him. Danny, like, like 60,000 of them just were stopwatches see, out. I would get in there and I would bring calm. Calm to the storm sure you would, with yeah. accuracy. I would say, listen, lads. You can boo the knee all you want, but if you've seen how long your left back is taken to throw that ball <laughs> in, um, and then the other two, the short penalty and the Mbappe one, um, the Mbappe one's been talked about to death. It's it's clearly, it feels to be like clearly a blind spot in the law mm. um, that no one's ever corrected. And you're going, it's fucking stupid because basically Eric Garcia is, but it, the instruction to him essentially was, you shouldn't have gone for it. Yeah. Well, I think Ronaldo's had a few, a few goals a few years back. Doing exactly the same thing, just well, just basically goal hanging. And there was a Taro Mings one, wasn't there, at City, City that yeah. we were talking about that was last season, I think. It's just, it's everything about it was like, well, that's obviously offside. Yeah. How is he not in anyway? Yeah. It, it was just, I just thought it was weird. And then, and then there was the short penalty as well. I just thought, do you remember during the Euros, everyone was like, isn't the referee and standard really good? I'm I not hope sure they bring this I'm into the Premier League. I'm not Luke Shaw on the Shaw one. Like, I'm looking at it going, I don't. I don't know what else penalty, he's meant to do. But I don't think it's not a penalty either. Like, he has kicked really high, and he hasn't caught him. But wasn't the thing was it should have been an indirect free kick? Yeah, because he, he didn't catch him. I, can, I, I, can I bring one into this? Because I can't believe nobody's talking about it. We brought up last week in the England game, we were having an all-women officials. Yes. Did you see the fella absolutely smash Conor Cody oh, yeah, in the face? yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't oh, even get yeah. a, didn't she get a booking. She looked I dead did, confused. Yeah. And luckily, I think Connor Cody kind of had this. Oh, it's Andover. I'm not going to make a bit of a fuss. Well, Connor Cody's also one of those people who's like, ah, just gets on with it. Yeah. It was horrendous. He looks him in the eye. Yeah. I think he's already on a it's yellow like a and smashed him in the face. And I was like, I don't remember them going down to 10 men because I was watching the highlights later on. I thought they must get sent off. And then she just came over there shocked and was like, oh, that's, that's a free kick. And I was like, it's assaulted. <laughs> it's more, I just thought well, the standard of refereeing generally across the board this week in the international football seems to have been really poor, and it was just. But like for 
weird stuff. Yeah, like I do want to say though, weird it did, incidents. It, but it didn't really make it. I know you've got to apply the rules, but it didn't really make a difference. In no, that but game. I think that's why though. But you kind yeah. of like it could have made a difference to his health. It's kind <laughs> of, it's kind <laughs> of a bit. They were moody as well. It's and even horrible. It's even more belittling to Andorra, isn't it? Because it's basically like you're not worth Look, it. you're all right to stay on. Just don't do it again. Otherwise, we'll get someone to sub you. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, a get, friendly. I get your mum to take you off. There's been a thing recently as well. I keep seeing on. I follow some like grassroots pages on Twitter and um, stuff like that. Some people who follow the local circuits. There's been a massive shortage in referees in. Sunday and Saturday league football oh, as well, and there. I think oh, they need God. like an advert on telly, like one of them sexy American ones, like referees, fuck yeah, <laughs> like loads of drugs, <laughs> women in bikinis. Ah, they doing... need to change. Why do you keep doing the mental? That one was a gun. The last one was a, an old school camera. <laughs> that was the flash. But this is like, yeah, Mildly referees threatened. born in the US. I'm like, they need to like. <laughs> do you want a referee at Lee Sports Village? <laughs> Lee Sports Village this Saturday. Are you a loser? Can't get a girlfriend. <laughs> Look at Mark Clattenburg, Mark <laughs> Benterberg, more like. Do you want a tattoo or a Champions League final? <laughs> Do you like whistles? <laughs> va, va, va. Come down to Boodle this Saturday. Did you ever used to watch Britney Spears and think, I'd love one of those headsets? <laughs> Already, but there's people listening thinking I want to be a referee now. That's what we up. need, change the mentality. Change. Oh. Be the change you want to see in the world. Exactly, yeah. If you're listening, exactly. the, the, the PGMOL, <laughs> get us in for your recruitment <laughs> campaign. It would be absolutely fantastic. Um, slight gear change for our... Uh, for our I, don't, ne- I don't know how I'm to get this gear now. For our next story. Um, from, one, uh, from one sort of baffling week to uh, a quite heartening weekend, and we do like to, uh, to highlight these stories. I think everyone's well aware of what's been what's been spoken about about Paul Mason this week, but you wanted to, to mention it, and, and rightly so. Yeah, no, he obviously, he's got a, he's got his documentary on BBC iPlay. You can catch up with it, uh, Paul Mason on gambling. And basically, it goes through and looks at, you know, possibly the reasons why he, he, he started gambling, how long he's done it for, and it looks through some, um, some really interesting investigations. I'll talk about it in a minute, but basically, um, Paul Mason is obviously, like, he's one of the most well-known, isn't he? Uh, footballers of that era is yeah, always yeah, yeah. presented yeah, yeah, as that yeah. like kind of Jack the Lad kind of character, and he's been on he's been on telly for a long time yeah, as well yeah, in his in yeah. his in his post career um, as well. And obviously he's he's had well known issues in the past, and he's come out and, and he said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he actually compared those. Well, did issues. he not? Did he not? When he was a player, did he not spend the time? He got banned, didn't he, for testing positive for cocaine? cocaine. And, yeah, um, and obviously he's had issues with like alcohol as well. And basically, it was it was really quite heartbreaking, really, to watch. I mean, watching like Paul Mason, you're thinking you, you're you were like one of the best footballers going. Really, he was a talent. Yeah, he was yeah, unbelievably yeah. good. Um, Probably a player before his era. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, he goes in and and he, he talks about like his habits about gambling. And there was a line that he said he's got a he's got a young family, and he's living in rented accommodation. I was thinking. Are you living in rented accommodation? I was like, you're on Gillette Soccer Saturday, you do all this stuff. And I was thinking, and you were a footballer. Basically, gambling's taken all that away from him. That addiction, that that disease, basically, is taking mm. all that away from him. He's, he, I think he estimated something like £7 million <sighs> along those lines. And he said in, in lockdown, he gambled the, the money away for a house deposit. Because he was just sitting there, just just gambling, yeah. and it was something that we'd spoken about yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, and you know how dangerous it could be. It was something that Mark Palios, the the Trammer chairman, said 
people are actually going to need help here during yeah. this time. Because it's insidious, are, isn't it? No, of course it is. He, he, you know, he said, as, as we know as well, he said, you know, if I want to get high, if I want to get drunk, I've got to put something in me. This is already in me. Yeah. I've already got this compulsion to go and do it. I have to go, you have to go and like, you have to go and get You wouldn't know. Vodka, you have to go and get yeah, beer, you, you have to go and get know. it. Whereas, I can you can't get phone. it on your phone. Can, yeah. You can't drink a beer out of your phone. Although you phone. used to be able to with them iPhone apps, oh, didn't you? They were weird. <laughs> Those um, early days where it's like, oh, look, blow a cake out. But I do think it's it's interesting because one of the stories we spoke about a few weeks ago was about the sponsors being taken mm. off the shirts, wasn't it, mm. for, for gambling companies? And I think we're at that point now where I think the tide has turned for most people where I think the vast majority of, of right-minded football fans, and I'd probably say the vast majority of most football fans would go, we don't need this much gambling in football. It's too much. It's it's yeah. it's not. I, if you think about it, I, I think the easiest way to think about that is to transpose like Bet365 or Skybet or whatever it is. Imagine, um, what's a name? Name me some cigarettes. Marlborough. Marlborough. Imagine the Football League was called the Marlborough Football League. The Marlborough yeah. League 2. Yeah. Welcome to the Marlborough League 2 playoff final. You'd be yeah, like, it's terrible. That is, you'd be like, welcome to the heroin playoff final. You'd be like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's and not, it's exactly, it's, the, it's the same thing. And as Mason said, he said it was worse than eating drugs, worse than alcohol. He said he went in a big cycle, so the more he, more he gambled, the, the more he drank. The yeah. more he drank, the more he gambled. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. it was just it's terrible. terrible. And it was basically, I mean, it's a heartbreaking point where he says, you know, I, I don't know whether I've got another recovery in me if it, if it happens yeah. again. And But they actually did a, f- a few tests and stuff so there's a lot of like investigations into like the patterns and, and like what it does to the brain yeah so he, they put him in an MR- mri machine and they um, obviously scanned him but showed him like pictures so they showed him like normal pictures i thought he'd put like gambling ones in and the ga- the ones he said like he was like oh they're not ones i'd, I'd gamble on i don't do cards i don't do dice i do like um, horse racing, horse racing, football, you know, stuff that give me that buzz for like a long time. It's the it's the instant gratification, yeah, yeah. isn't it? So, so then he was like, they they showed him like the like the the activity in the brain of like these normal pictures, like food and stuff. Nothing was happening. Yeah, nothing. Showed him the gambling ones, and it was like it Spiking. lit up. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, and it, it it's just so sad. There's a there's a really difficult part in it as well. It had me in tears. Um, where they're in conjunction with the big step, I think it was, and they had, yeah. a, they had a few families talking about people who'd who loved ones who'd basically taken their lives because of because of because of you know gambling, gambling addiction, gambling addictions, and yeah. you know because it must feel like there's no way out. <sighs> I suppose like with well, you you, you, you could see how stressful money is. Yeah, well, exactly, and I think like, you look at like say like alcoholism, and you think. There is only so much you can drink until you physically can't put any more in your body. Like, you physically cannot put any more in. Same with drugs. But with gambling, there is it's literally limitless. It, it, you could just continue to gamble. And it doesn't matter how much these companies tell us that they're putting things in place because it's too easy to get around them. It's too easy to find somewhere else to gamble. Mm. And I... I I almost feel as though like the horse is bolted with it to a degree because I feel like the, the cat's out of the bag with it. They've got their fingers well, in too many pies. The internet yeah. has made it so far but reaching the, that it's very hard to pull back in yeah. again. The gambling, the main regulations are set up before smartphones kind of came around. Which that, is, see, that sort ridiculous. of stuff pisses me off. You know, you know when you get the, the you get the government yeah. like and they go, yeah, but um, yeah, the legislation just hasn't caught up with the technology. I had a fucking smartphone when I was 16. That was 12 years ago. Yeah. Write a new fucking book, for uh, fuck's sake. Yeah, There'd yeah. have been eight Fast and Furious films since then. <laughs> Pull your fucking finger out. That's what we pay you to do. I wonder if at some point they'll ban 
these incentives to join, like free spins and free this mm-hmm. and that. Well, it was, it was interesting. Mason said he didn't, he didn't want gambling banned. He just wanted... But, uh, that's help. what I'm saying. Oh, but yeah, yeah. You, you need to, like... They are coercing people to do it. There's got to be an element of choice. But imagine walking past an off-license and saying, go on, drink this beer. Yeah. Free, free bottle of vodka. There's a free bottle in. of vodka. And it, it, or you... I don't know. You did the same with drugs. I just think now, like... It's becoming so easy to the bet. Fu- the funny thing is, right on on the on the Premier League shirt sponsors, it's like, oh yeah, we got rid of all the alcohol and all the cigarette ones, right? Great, but none of the kids can do that. None of the kids can physically go and do it. Really, I don't know. I had a good go when I was fifteen. No, but you know what I mean, like <laughs> young kids, because that's what they say. They say young kids. None of them can really. Yeah, at that influential age. Yeah, none of them realistically can do it. Yes, you are advertising it. I agree. I can definitely go and open up a gambling account and get away with it for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. At a young age, well, like, but so yeah, you'll be able yeah. to do. You'll be able to deposit and bet really easily, but you'd be struggle to get your winnings out. Yeah, absolutely, because they'll want your birth certificate, your board type, yeah. everything. Yeah. You gotta have both your jabs. <laughs> oh, that's why so Callum Robinson hasn't got yeah, his winnings. Yet. Money stuck there. You but put a I find this like I've used, and I'm gonna name them what bastards. I've used Bet Three Six Five before. You have to don't have to put your password in. To deposit, yeah, you have to put your password into to, withdraw. To, to withdraw yeah. and you're like, why are you adding barriers? To withdrawing should be as easy as depositing because yeah. they want you to. It, you well, exactly. we, know, yeah. we know what they're doing. Well, they, 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 you, can, you can reverse your withdrawal. Do you know what I say about Paul Merson <laughs> as well? Um, undo. I first undo. sort of became aware of him being on this sort of journey when that England is it Harry's game? Oh, I don't know what Harry's, Harry's, Harry's yeah. heroes. Yeah. And he was genuinely R- Razor Ruddock was in that. He mm. was visib- visibly upset seeing his friend go through what he'd been through, and yeah. it was probably one of the first times I've ever seen, or the first first time I've seen Paul that side of Paul Mason. You don't really see that. You see him on Joe Talk Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You know him as a player. Kind of know what he's been through, but th- to see him, he was like distraught at the fact that he could see. Neil Ruddock going through exactly it was like worse what for him seeing through. it in someone else it's like looking in the mirror sort of thing yeah. wasn't it and I thought you know what there's a man there who's desperate desperate to sort himself out yeah. but knows sometimes the urge to gamble or to drink or to do drugs are stronger than your urge to not do them and mm. it's exactly well, and, and it's, it's, all, it's about it, help isn't yeah. it he is by all accounts as well um, people who work with Paul Mason are always very complimentary of him as as a human being mm-hmm. and I think from a with addiction as well, I think lots of people talk about when they're in the kind of throes of addiction that, you know, it turned them into someone that they didn't want to mm-hmm. be, it turned them into someone that people didn't want to be around. And yeah. for him to have maintained his personality to the point where people still are, are, are highly complimentary of him, despite the fact that he's been addicted to all kinds for a long, long time, I think just speaks volumes of what type of character that he is as well. Yeah, it does. Uh, the, the overall, overall, like, thing, feeling from it was that, you know... It's a product that can ruin, yeah. like, and and that is really difficult. And the BBC have also got a a, a documentary on um, Barney Curley, who's a famous gambler yeah. uh, from Ireland. Uh, basically, came up with a massive coup to uh, win a. I think around the time it's three hundred thousand pounds back in like the nineteen eighties. Yeah. So today's money at about two million pounds, but and it does look into you know how he did it, and, and it doesn't necessarily glorify it in a way because it always turns around to going this was my last chance i was owing money to people here there mm. right and center and at the end of it he said i had all the money i had all this but what i really like because he did loads he set up a load of charities in africa what i really like what i thought of was was the charities i, I, I didn't think about gambling anything about the horses didn't yeah. think about anything else so you're thinking it's such a weird thing to get involved in 
and it's still not giving you the satisfaction. No. Like, it's not going to give well, you it. Ne- it, and it but it, that's the whole point, yeah, isn't it? It, it will never scratch the itch. You'll yeah. never... It always it is, leaves it you want fun. more. It is fun to a point. You couldn't live in that environment exactly. forever and ever. Um, before we move on, I want to... Re- there's a book, um, which I think I've mentioned before, which is called Tony Ten, um, yes. which is about a guy... It's written by uh, Declan Lynch and uh, Tony O'Reilly, who's Tony Ten. Tony Ten was his, his username for his... Um, his gambling okay. accounts, his online gambling accounts. Uh, he was a, a postman. He bet and lost $10 million, um, stole. Yeah, is that how much postmen's are paid? <laughs> well, Jesus it was, Christ, it was wrong job. from winning and losing. Yeah, and winning, yeah. and losing. Oh, why do you and think they can't get any referees? <laughs> <laughs> no way I get in a post office. Shh, don't, don't mention it. But if Pat you want to be a postman. <laughs> do you like delivering mail? <laughs> um, but he's a oh, <laughs> post, postman with Glock. Um, yeah, he's got a Glock in and Glock out. <laughs> oh. He stole he stole one point seven five million dollars from the post office over a number of years. Um, so my birthday art money went. <laughs> but he um, the book is it is incredible. Like it is one of those things where like you know sometimes you get a book and you're like. I literally don't want to go to bed ever. I just want to read this <laughs> all night. I want to stay up with a torch under me under me quilt and read it. Like it's so good. Sorry. It's so, yeah. so good. Tony Ten, that's called that. If you want to understand the ravages of a gambling addiction, because mm. this is a guy who was in like his he I think he was he might have even been married with kids at that point. But he was like so like our age, he'd never done gambling before. And he gambled on a football match because his mate was like, Do you want to stick a fiver on this? Yeah. And he won like twenty five quid. And the rush he got off it, he was like, that was quite fun, that. And then he went home and opened an online gambling account. And that's kind of where it where it, where it stemmed from. And yeah. he, he was one of those people who um, they would like, do you know, like, like they, they have... They Offer them all sorts. Yeah, and yeah. they'd like take him yeah. to, you know, like... The, the F1 or something. Yeah, all those type of things as well, all those yeah, horrible... Big, st- big player, they call him and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scott Davis, who we interviewed, was also on that he Paul was, Mason yeah. documentary. And he... he, he they basically go play golf. It's him, John Arton, Paul Mason, and Keith Gillespie, which looks like a really good four ball. It does. Um, <laughs> and obviously, Keith Gillespie, very well known. John Harton, I didn't really know about, um, which was a, a really good Yeah, good, I knew good, about John Harton. Thing. And yeah, Scott Davis was on there. And um, they didn't really go into like the education stuff that, that they're doing at the moment. But yeah, basically, talked about how he was getting involved in the card schools at the back of the bus. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll put him. Um, Scott Davis's episode that was the archive one soon because yeah. that's 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 a great episode. amazing interview. Just we, I know we're probably going to move on now. Just there was a very interesting thing I in our group chat the other day that I, I don't know if you brought up our friend Matty about when Paul Mason's going through that. What's the awkwardness in the room around the likes of Jeff Stellan and all that who have such and sort of their whole persona is integrated in betting like. Oh, they do the Skybet adverts, The Skybet adverts, he does the Super 6, you can challenge Jeff. Probably make more money from that than they do the actual uh, jobs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's a, again, it's just like a tangled web. My only issue is is if people are going to go, yeah, well, you do this, so I don't really care. Like, have a word with yourselves, because like, yeah, it's, you the, can't open up in one way yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, yeah there was like, a, I don't like that. There was a journalist who said I get what you mean. It's no, no, I wasn't it's, having a thought yeah, either yeah, way. Yeah. I was saying, no, it's, I would it is bet if you're Paul Mason, yeah. you're going, I'm recovering from something, you're massively, you're massive, forms a massive part of mm. A, your persona, B, your income, and C, just like the public's general perception of you is is so in, sort of involved in betting. Yet you're probably one of the sort of people in my social network. Like, it's a difficult dichotomy because I think is. there's I think there's two ways of looking at it. Because 
there's a journalist that I was listening to once who was saying it's basically impossible to work in sports media, sports broadcasting without at some point being paid by a gambling company because they've got the fingers in every single pie. But for somebody like Jeff Stellan, you would think that he's at a point in his career and his life where he could turn around and go, I'm not doing that anymore. And just and just leave it there and be like, what are you going to do, Sky Sports? But the problem is it's all Sky Bet, isn't it? So no, no, it is. Because you can continue to do they, it, but I'm not being involved in Do they in just it. go, well, we'll go get some 35-year-old, we'll go get Jeff Brazier or somebody to just take you. If Mate, you're Jeff not going to Bra- do this Jeff Brazier's busy on GB if, News. If you're, if you're not doing this bit... Yeah, he is. Then... Wow, that's not a story for day. If you're not doing this bit, then we'll get someone else to do it because someone but, will but, do it but all. That's, but that's that's it, though. If you're Jeff Stelling, and I'm not advocating they should leave his job, but theoretically, if you're thinking about your moral compass and your moral standpoint, I think it's a different conversation when you're at the point where, no, you could walk away. Like, if you wanted uh, yeah. to, you could walk that's away. That's the bit where it gets tricky, I, I isn't think, it? I think it's a difficult one. And I don't, know if it's incumbent, I don't know if it's incumbent on them to do that, but I do think that is a relevant conversation. So you want you you have that decision to make. For other people, I don't. For other people, it's like, if I want to work in this industry, which I do, I have no other option other I than feel, to work for people that I like don't like. It's like the Max Rushton thing. I feel, yeah. yeah well, he's, 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 he's stopped like working for it, anything. It needs, uh, maybe, and I feel maybe Max Rushton isn't high profile enough to make a huge wave, but... It needs more people to do that. I feel like Mason start, hasn't anyway. been yeah. on. I could be wrong. I feel like Paul Mason hasn't been on the adverts. Oh, I'm not having a go. No, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is that maybe that conversation has been had. Obviously, but it's hard for us look on the outside looking in. I feel like he hasn't been on them. I feel like it has only been Jeff Stalin for a lot for for a long time. Again, yeah, I agree. Some I understand. He's on. He's I on. Understand he's the on him with them. Um, she like Carragher and them. Like, I wasn't them, saying I that Mason about Mason being on them. I'm saying, say you're Mason and you're in recovery, yeah. and you go to work or you go to do what you do, and everybody around you is so entrenched in it. It's kind of hard for you to ever fully recover and do your job I, to I, the full. I, I would hope those conversations have been had with them. You would think so, and and it's also I, like support, if you want the other the other side of it to go to be to, to Paul Mason would be if you want to work in this industry. This is what happens in this industry. You, you, yeah, uh, equally, exactly. equally, again, and it, it sounds and it's callous, but it is true. He does have the ability to not work at Sky Sports. If it's too much, he can walk away from it. He can go and work. I'm sure he could go and get work somewhere else. He's Paul Mason. So I, I think you have to. I think we had this conversation about Newcastle last week. I think sometimes with these things, we do sometimes take the personal responsibility too much off people and go, yeah, yeah, you have free so. will, you are allowed yeah. to walk away from those things. I'm not saying it's easy. I was living in a rented house, so it'd probably be quite hard to just turn away. <laughs> no, 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 I don't yeah, mean, no, I don't mean yeah. Paul, but I know Paul, Paul mean, Mason. Yeah. It's Paul Mason, it's, it's different. What I mean with Paul Mason is, it's like if he was going, it's too uncomfortable for me to be working in this place where it's, I can't recover and properly. He, might, might at some point. he could then, he could yeah. walk away. But with Stellan and the others, and I think if they had a moral objection to gambling because of their friend, the insidious nature of gambling yeah. they are in a position or at least they should be in a position where they can walk away from that yeah it, and it, it depends if you don't want to have if you don't want to if you don't want to portray yourself as having as coming at it from a moral, yeah, yeah. moralistic standpoint then that's fine i'm not saying you have to but equally i do sometimes feel as though there is a difficulty where some people will happily kind of go with the oh it's terrible this oh, yeah. I feel really sorry for them and oh, any support you need but also £10 free bet yeah, if, if you use if you use you yeah. know Jeff 
respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm trying to say, that there has got to be responsibility on that person. You're dead, right? Because you can't walk around with a blindfold on and hope you would never be tempted by the devil because it's going to be everywhere. You can't can't do that. But when we're talking about shirt sponsors being removed and stuff, I kind of wonder... That, if you're worried about that, you've got to be worried about the level of adverts, the mm. level of involvement, because Sky Sports will show a game and then at half time give you like that's the stuff I think is the one that'll go. Actually, yeah, that's a that's ten to one. That. Do you remember we were listening? Doing more than me than seeing Chinese sort of cryptocurrency or a Chinese betting agency that I'll never use on do, Stoke shit. Do you remember me and you were listening to Talk Sports when we were driving home from Scunthorpe the other week? Yeah. We were listening to the Chelsea Liverpool match. Radio four, I think we were listening to then Classic FM. No it wasn't Talk Sport, was it? <laughs> but it was that they had the game on. Oh we accidentally F- pressed I pressed three, it was four, wasn't it? Yeah. Well five live didn't have it on. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we listened to it on Talk yeah. Sport. Yeah. And they and it was was it Clive Tilsley, maybe? No, 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 he doesn't do that, does he? I think, well, he got let go from ITV, didn't he? I'm not sure he does talk sports. Oh, it, it might have been, you know. Anyway, it was somebody of that ilk. Okay. And they were. it was like, welcome to the Liverpool-Chelsea match here at Anfield. Uh, you've got 11-4 on Liverpool and 7-2 <laughs> yeah. on Chelsea. Your first goal scorer. It was just like, just tell us who's kicking the yeah. ball. Who's playing? Um Last story I just wanted to have a little chat about was just something very, very quickly that, that I came across this week on um, on Twitter. There's an account that I follow by a guy called James Cave. The account's called Against League Three. You might both follow it. It's quite yeah. a football league-y account. Um, anyway, James Cave has written a book with a guy called Martin Caladine, which is called Fit and Proper Persons, which is about an app, um, which is now redundant, which is called Owner FC. Which Are was these, like, about the fan in sort of 2019. Thing. I had absolutely no idea yeah. this existence. I've read a bit about this a while back, about like replacing the, the standard boardroom stuff. You'd pay £49 to, to subscribe to this app, which bought you one share yeah. in a club. And the idea would be that enough people would do it, they would have enough money to take over a club, and then it would be run by the app. And I was... <laughs> like vote on things, like the team and everything, yeah, Transfers, yeah. the manager, all kinds. They nearly bought um, Head Head Hednesford, head, Hednesford, what are yeah, they called? Hednesford. Hednesford, them ones. They nearly bought them. Um, they used to be conference, I think, and now they're like Northern Premier League or something. Well, uh, there's, there, apparently there was another thing which was called... Um, there's a thing a while back, about eight years ago, didn't they buy someone? Yeah, so it was called My Football Club. Who uh, did they buy? Was they bought Ebbsfleet. 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 They yeah. owned Ebbsfleet yeah. in 2008. They owned 75%. At its peak, my football club had 32,000 members. Um, and they did an, a deal with EA Sports, uh, and they were they were kind of consulted on a range of sort of club decisions and stuff, which is kind of similar to, to uh, owner FC. Um, but after a while, the sort of interaction and participation dropped quite dramatically, and then it, it got sold. Um, with the club almost in administration. And apparently there have been loads of other initiatives. My Dale FC, which I assume is something to do with Rochdale, uh, the People's Club, Owner Club, and £5 Football Club. So there clearly some people seem to feel as though there's a market for this for this thing. Where exactly is that money going? You know the ones that fail? Well, so this is this is an interesting thing, really. So when the... Feels a little bit illegal. Well, I was thinking of the football... Um, the the stocks and shares thing, the football oh, index. God. Well, so somebody was saying... Because uh, all the people were asking for refunds. So all the people who went into this app, when it kind of collapsed, they were asking mm. for refunds. Obviously so. Uh, now, apparently, because of the terms and conditions, the terms and conditions said that once they had... 
it was something like once the, a club had accepted an offer for them, they no longer could get a refund. The money was locked in. So because, um, what was the name of the team? I couldn't pronounce. Hensford. 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 Yeah. I think it's Hensford. Uh, because they were quite close to I, I mean, I could buying know. the club, it meant that they couldn't get a refund. And someone estimated that there's probably around two hundred grand was invested in it from like three and a half, four thousand members. Uh, one Twitter user shared a screenshot of a refund that they gained, but it did later transpire that they also appeared in a promotional material for the company. So it may or may not have been a, a plant. Um, but I just thought it was mad. I was like, I've never heard of this. Um, but I also thought, who, who, who are the people who are paying for that? The problem is, it's how far it gets, and it was if, on the BBC. If you get. No, what I mean is like if they, what I mean is there was a legitimacy behind it. The BBC reports that it was in newspapers and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. That's what I think. It, people... I, I just think it's got a ceiling because if you're if you're in say step ten, step nine, and people are putting thirty, forty quid in, which isn't life changing really. If they lose it, is a bit different than having maybe four or five people who've invested like six figure fees. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It gets to that natural conclusion where it's exciting. It's less exciting now. We haven't can't drum up the support. Oh fuck! Now we're going down the pan. Oh, now there's five thousand yeah. people left who still care. Thirty thousand people have disappeared, but they want the free fifty quid back. It's like, where'd you go? Well, you can't. It's making it's making decisions by a committee. I, it, it doesn't. Work, a, I just don't think it works. I just think it's a really weird concept, and I don't get why anyone would actually even put money in for I've got it. Kind of another example of this. I'm pretty sure I might have spoken about this in one of our WhatsApp groups. There's like a club Bitcoin going round. Yes, they do. Everton, Everton do it. That's it. Uh, Tottenham are doing it. Most Premier League clubs yeah, are doing so, it now. But you buy it and then you get a chance to vote on things. Yeah. And it's all like trivial Leeds things. Leeds fans all kicked stuff. off and they pulled they pulled it out, didn't they? Yeah, and the, the more you more you buy, the more you can do. I and do think there's probably I feel like it's a bit dangerous. some elements of it that are quite good. So if you gave fans maybe 10% and they could vote on certain things. Yeah, but what they're doing is... not the whole... Not every decision. No, but what they're doing is is that it's just another way of extracting money from football fans. They're giving fans the option to go in. You're, you're, you can have decisions on the on what goes on oh, at the club absolutely. and ultimately they're all really trivial things wasn't it the name of a road in a training ground or something yeah, like yeah. stuff that doesn't really matter oh, yeah. and so it, it's just way of taking I mean they just get more and more creative Premier League clubs are ways of taking money off fans like it's just another well, way of hang on, taking sorry, money off it's, them it's not just it's not just Premier League clubs I mean it's businessmen isn't it oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. what I more meant like do you know, business people um, do you know how we were able to design and submit kits this year Tram yeah if we didn't have to pay for it though no, no, no. I'm saying if you had maybe a scheme for season ticket holders as part of your season ticket price, there are certain elements you could have involvement in as maybe like a more of a future proof and safeguard and things. There's a lot more now, isn't it? About, I don't think you can run a whole club like that. No. Especially no. from the ground up because there's not people who actually care about that. There's also people who haven't got the skills. There's people apparently with that um, club you mentioned, they were like in Brazil and Italy and everything yeah. buying stuff because they thought, this is fun, I can vote. But if you're actually invested in your own club, do you know like when um, they give you a seat at the board table? Sorry, I'm just thinking, you, we were talking about Alan Stanford before. It just feels like that. The whole thing feels like that. Oh, the whole crypto thing, yeah. I'm talking no, no, about not crypto. Giving, I mean, uh, even that. Like, oh, that's oh, weird. Yeah, I don't like, like investors I coming from everywhere. Like scam, I think voting rights for fans on things that happen in your club, not, not from like creating a club, but in your club, I think may have some 
Would you, would you want to pay for that? That's like no, it might come as part of your season ticket, or I'm not sure. Or I'd I'm not sure. I really. I'm not sure that just the legitimacy behind. All it, right, take take this for example. I just think if you're giving someone a like, so for instance, you've you run a business though, which just feels like no, a really you, you wouldn't you wouldn't have it for your main business decisions. So for, for instance, it, Green Bay are kind of run that way. If you're a, you can be an owner of Green Bay, yeah. So it's a fan community owned. Club. I, I'm not yeah exactly, but I'm not saying that you would have. Okay, what are we doing this week? Let's see what everyone's voted. That would be run by your owner mm. or your chairman i'm saying okay we're considering moving grounds or we've got a new kick coming up you've got a maybe There's quite a big difference between those two things we're considering moving stadium or what color do you want oh, the shorts I, I, to be stick stick with the kit stuff, <laughs> well, stick, with stick, the kit with, stuff. stick with the kit stick you with, want an ally in and i'm going in <laughs> stick, stick with the kit stuff go on because i'm going in i know it's all hypothetical and no, people, no, and we're no, no, shot no, it like no, i'm planning on doing it you're the one with the guns man. i'm thinking we're at we're at a, we're at a um, position where we're always talking about the disconnect between football clubs and fans now and i do think there's probably with the way technology develops a future in having some sort of platform that allows fans, I'd just be skeptical to give. Well, obviously, because because clubs, on, clubs at the top level don't care. They don't care. Yeah, what you talking about think. top level, but let that's not finish. just football. Let, let, let Against yeah, modern football, he just thinks football's a TV show. Doesn't I know, it's amazing. Say let that, him finish. I'm interested. Like nine away games this month. Ah, first time train of thought. I We're think an hour and 20 minutes in here, right? I we think, need to get somewhere I think with this. At some, well, I do you keep shooting at that. I think at some point there will be that element of allowing fans to have their say. I don't think there will. With some form of technology, because it's so easy to do. Well, we, we did um, we did an interview with uh, Lewis FC, didn't we? Yes. Um, a while ago. Um, and they have that element of it where you can pay in and be like a, like, you know, a like what you were saying with Green Bay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think you I don't think it gives you like it's a share though. It's yeah, an actual it's a share. share. It's an actual yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's like, the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So I don't think it gives it's you It's like, not if it's on an app, so we'll give yeah. it a, like, I, th- I think they the just blind the data. They though. just blind people with with techno talk and they just go they just go, Ooh, magic y football, football, magic money. Yeah, I'm not talking about them though. I I think that's but I a think nonsense. That's what, that's, that's, what I think all, that's what I think it all is. I, I just think I just think it's all just exploitative. You've seen it a lot more now with takeovers and stuff where they'll go, We've given ten percent to the trust and stuff like that. And at the moment it's old school, it's AGM. Let's all meet up in the bar and talk about the issues. Ah, I'm disappointed oh, with okay. this. I think that element of the game uh-huh. will, will develop. Ah, that's okay. what I'm saying. Right, I'm not talking right, about right. creating a team and going thirty thousand people will vote. But I think that level of okay, let's see what our fans want because it amazes me this day how many decisions clubs make and go back on because the fans have gone. That is the absolute opposite of what. Yeah, but we I want. also think you can collate that information without giving them ten percent of the club. I'm not saying you give them ten percent. You he's just did. No, he's talking about. No, I said it could even be part of your season ticket. Yeah. Oh right, okay. I'm saying I think in the future it will develop that but they'll find they do, these they do, type they of do ways surveys to... and things of fans anyway. Oh, don't yeah, they? I want to survey monkey and submit this, mate. <laughs> fill in your Google form. Remember, what's your favourite burger? We'll wrap this up with, um, and you can do all the stuff. Remember the date, folks. You listen to this, and when Leeds United are allowing their fans to vote <laughs> on an app, who's who's replacing Luke Ailing? You remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Luke, you're not starting today. <laughs> Magic, John. Magic Mike 69 up there doesn't like you. You, you lost 51 to 4. <laughs> big big boy Brad said that you're out. You're out, Luke. You can't play. Um, chaps, oh. that's probably about time for us to, to wrap up there. We did have one listener question that's 
not even football related. So I'm going to ask it to you, and I'm going to ask it to you very quickly, and I want a very quick answer from you. Yeah. I'm going to give a very quick bit of context <laughs> to why this is. Um, my dog Holly, who you'll probably often hear in the background of the episodes, uh, shaking their uh, tingly jingly collar around. Um, but then we collar. <laughs> um, it's her first birthday today, the day you're listening to this, um, Friday the 15th of October. She is one years old. Uh, and tomorrow on the Saturday, my girlfriend is holding a dog birthday party <laughs> for the dog. Uh, we have a, a, a cake and everything for her. I, I should I should caveat at this point, I'm in Carlisle with, with Ryan and Bob. Um, not as a protest, but, you know. <laughs> um, and Paul, our good friend Paul Allen, uh, asked on Twitter... If you were going to a dog's birthday party, what would you bring? Ryan, what would you bring? I'd have like some form of app where you could vote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd probably, I'd, judging by the earlier conversation with your girlfriend, I'd probably bring another dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like there's all sorts of cakes and things that they can eat. There's doggy cake, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd bring a dog. Um, I'm probably like a, a laser. No, for Blind them to chase. Them. No, that's cats. That I'd bring a bouncy ball. There you go, that's better. Bouncy tennis ball. ball. Simple tennis, tennis ball. ball. Um, and that's if you went to a, a dog's birthday party, what would you bring? I'm just more disappointed it's your dog's birthday. But that's not what I asked, I was know, it? I know, I can't get over I it. I already know you're disappointed. My what? child's fourth birthday tomorrow and you've somehow got a dog that is born on the same day. <laughs> One mil. <laughs> <laughs> and what would I bring? Uh, you you could bring Evan. They could celebrate the birthday together. Yeah, yeah. He's not allowed to eat that cake though. Why not the dog cake? It's fine. I think it's made of like peanut butter and banana. Oh. Is it really? Apparently, yeah. Um, dog diabetes. I'd bring a dog. I'd, I'd bring a dog whistle just because it'd be fun. It'd make them all go a bit crazy. All oh, right, nice. That'd be all right. Uh, I just wouldn't go to a dog's birthday party. Go to Carlisle away. Go to Carlisle away. I'd buy a Carlisle season ticket and bring that one. Oh, not season ticket, an away ticket. Room your own now, if you get a season ticket, you can vote on the app. <laughs> For which dog gets the best birthday party? Which player's dog? Um, chaps, I think that is definitely time for us to wrap up. We're going to be back on Monday with another episode from the archive. And seeing as it was his 40th birthday this week, we're going all the way back to one of our first interviews that we ever did with Alex Hay. Local boy, Alex Hay. Local boy, done good. Shagger! Alex Hay. He <laughs> listens to the show, so he'll be here. Sure, he'll be hearing this. This little shout out, happy birthday to you, Alex. So we'll be bringing you Alex's episode on Monday and then we'll be back next week for the Friday Football Show. If you want to get back in touch with us, you can do on Twitter at Mark underscore man or you can email us manmarkingpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next Friday. What are you smiling at? <laughs> Just smiling. <laughs> uh, I'm going to wrap up. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. You can run, you can hide, you can run, you can hide, you can hide.